Hey guys, it's Paula. Welcome back to the SheHH podcast, where we interview women in Christian music all over the world. Today we speak to the amazing V-Rose. She's an American singer-songwriter who has been in the game for over 15 years. She tells us a bit of that journey and what she has learned being an independent artist, as well as starting her own distribution label. V is such a warm, giving person. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to her, so I know you guys will enjoy this episode. Make sure to join in the conversation online using hashtag SheHH Podcast and you can follow us on Instagram at SheHH Podcast. So could you please introduce us to you? Who are you? How do you say who you are so people don't really know you? Okay, my name is V Rose. Everybody calls me V. Um, I am a singer-songwriter. I do many things now because I've learned to, but most people know me for my music and I've been singing and writing music since I was a kid actually. Um, and I started writing about my personal experiences. And so when you listen to my music, you're going to learn a lot about who I am and what I've gone through in my life and just how I've been able to overcome or stuff like that. And my music is generally geared towards girls or women because I am one. And so they tend to really relate to the stuff I'm saying. Um, I gained a lot of I like traction in Christian hip hop because I signed to Flame back in like 2011. Um, And so that's how I got into like the hip hop industry and started working with like Christian rappers and stuff. So a lot of people know me from my work with Flame or Trip Lee or Derek Minor and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I'm V and that's what I do. Amazing. We love the multifaceted. We love that. We love that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned really quickly that you started since you were quite young. I think um, my researcher said some, something along the lines of age 17, what, 15, 17, somewhere around, around there. You had um, a duo group called Harmony. Um, yes. What was it like being in the industry so young and how did that kind of go? Yeah, we actually started our group when we were eight. And we started recording. Um, well, we started recording in the studio when we were like 15, when we were old enough to like get a job and start paying for studio time. And it was, I mean, for me, it was what I always wanted to do. So I was just like ready, you know? Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was just trying to move it along. And I grew up in church. And so, you know, I learned about one of the things I love that I learned at a young age is about how God can use you now. You don't have to wait till you grow up for God to use you. Like he's already given you a purpose and you can begin to like walk in that now. And so that was like all I needed to hear. And so I ran with that and I just started to write songs. I started to, you know, I needed to get a job so I could start paying for stuff. And I was just trying to do everything that I could to, you know, start making things move in my life because I knew this is what I was going to be doing since I was six, actually. For me, it was normal. It felt normal. It just felt like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. And then the girl group kind of, well, not girl group because it's two of you, but kind of like how Uh harmony happened and what was that like being in a group with your best friend? Yeah, so um, her name's Candice, and she's actually, like, literally, like, my sister. We've been really close since we were kids. Um, Our families even lived together at one point for, like, a year or two years. 
and we shared a house and so her and I shared a room so we were really close like still to this day I actually have a picture of her um up here that I'll show <laughs> and um still to this day we're really close like we could not talk for a long time and just pick right back up where Aww. we were this is us in the studio when we were probably 15 wow and, um we had we had done a show and this guy comes up to us and he's like hey you guys need a manager and um he was the first person that kind of told us you're not as good as you think like <laughs> but you can be better you know and so we ended up going to the Bay Area and working with producers and starting to get real music made. But yeah, we um, we just we just wanted to do music like, you know, we just believed that we could. That's what we were taught. And we grew up in church together and stuff. So um, we made a demo. I was just talking about this to one of my brothers. There was a lady in our church or a friend of our church, and she was just like a she was somebody that just always pushed people to like achieve their goals. Mm. And so even as kids, she, we were telling her, you know, we want to be singers and all this stuff. And she said, well, you need an album, you know? And she was like, I'll tell you what, we, I have a prayer breakfast in three months and you guys can debut your demo. And we were like, wow. we were so scared. We were like, we don't have a demo. We don't know what we're doing, but it lit a fire under us. And it was the first time someone taught me like to set a goal and to work towards that goal. And that has like helped me so much. And so we debuted our first demo. It was <laughs> the, the journey I'll spare you to getting that demo done was crazy. And um, I honestly wouldn't even want people to hear it now, the quality of it. But like we sold out at the prayer breakfast are all of the copies that we had made. My mom helped us print them up. And I don't know, it just really showed me like this can really be a real thing for me even at 15. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really fun, and we still keep in touch today, even now. So. Oh, I love that. Do you think because you had such humble beginnings, so young and so like early, that you were kind of ready to be grounded, continuing on your career till now? I definitely do. Like, I just went through so much stuff as a kid, and like, I have six brothers, so oh, wow. I grew up with as the only girl with all boys surrounding me. And so <laughs> that was hard in itself. And like, but I know, like I learned so much from each of them and like mm -hmm. just how to work hard. And like, even now I learned so many skills, so many different skills. Cause I was always competing with them. Like so I'm very athletic and then one of them could draw. So I, I would, you know, I got into art and, one of them could dance. So I got into dance and one of them was a musician. So I got into playing guitar and I just, I really liked that. I was able to glean from like all of my brothers and mm -hmm. sort of take something from each of them. And they're like my heart, their pictures are up here too. <laughs> I love that. I know it's definitely taught me just a lot about um, how to continue, how to keep going when mm -hmm. I feel like giving up and just remembering how far I've come. Mm -hmm. Cause people who grew up in the neighborhood that I did like, we didn't have money, you know, we were the family that people would drop clothes off to us and we would be like, oh my gosh, like a pair of Nikes, you know, and they were, somebody was done with them and I cherished them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but it definitely taught me like to work hard and appreciate what I have and what I've built, you know, so, and to keep doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. To hear. I mean, one thing that you said that stuck out to me is that you had adults around you that pushed you to kind of follow those dreams. They weren't like, oh, keep quiet, you're young, what are you talking about? Um, yep. 
And you specifically mentioned someone that when you were singing, um, you and your friend were singing, kind of said, you guys need a manager and was was really brutal. Uh, can, I, can I say really brutal? But, yeah. you know, you're not as great as you are, as you think you are, but you could be better. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that mentorship um, that could have, that became, and also how you think um, new artists now could benefit from mentorship? Yes. So... It's cool because that guy ended up managing us for a while and he introduced us to another artist that he was managing. And she was much older than us, at least like 10, 12 years older than us. And she could sing so good. I remember the first time hearing her sing, we were like, I just want to quit. Like, what's the point? You know, I'm not going to ever sound like that. But she even... Um, came on and helped mentor us and they ended up getting married years later our manager and her which is so cool and um but it was so cool because they would come out when we lived together uh candace and i our families and they would come out manager and the other lady and they would give us vocal lessons they would make us run around the block they would you know, teach us to pra- make us practice and really try to pull something out of us and break us of the shyness and stuff like that. And it honestly, to this day, it has helped so, so much. And it's super important to have somebody who's older than you, who can see things you can't see about yourself because they've been there before yeah. and who can like teach you like fundamental things that you need to learn that you just wouldn't otherwise know you know, unless you, you know, you learn by experience. Mm -hmm. So that's what a mentor is. um, You know, there's a saying that one of my mentors used to always say a picture is worth a thousand words, but uh, a mentor is worth a thousand experiences or something like that. And it's like, you can like a mentor is supposed to be somebody who can do something that you want to do. And so you don't just want to find a mentor, just any person to mentor you. You want to find somebody to mentor you. That's doing what you want to do because then they can tell you, this is, well, this is how you need to do it. Or this is what you need to learn before you can get here. These are the steps. And so if you, you know, for, for young artists, it's, it's something I always say, it's like artists need development. Yeah. And, you know, when you realize you have a gift to sing or you have a gift to be a musician or, or rap or whatever, you get excited and you should. And I think a lot of times artists don't perfect the gift they have. They just want to put it out because you want the notoriety and that stuff feels good. And, and excitement. All- yeah. But um, it's so important to like refine your writing, you know, like if you're a songwriter to really make sure you're like carefully choosing the words or if you're a dancer to like be in the studio working on your dance moves. If you're a musician to like make sure you're picking up your instrument. If you're a singer, make sure that you're training your voice. Um, And that's all stuff that I learned from my mentors. Mm -hmm. And the cool part I'll say about them is that they have a daughter now, their oldest daughter, um, and I'm actually, she's one of my artists now. And so I get to mentor her. And so oh, it's just circle. All full circle. It's so cool. And she's a singer and a writer and an artist. And she just started producing her music and she's only 12 now. And so I'm just like, God, you're so good. That's so cool to me, you know, that I can give back to the people that gave and changed my life mm-hmm. and help change their daughter's life in the same way. So. Yeah, it's exciting. I love it. So exciting. Oh, wow. Um, And I just, I think one thing that would be interesting to hear is kind of, how do you think the artist can go about finding those people? Because, I mean, you were really lucky that 
these people found you. A lot of the time, you're the excitable artist and you're like, okay, I just need a mentor and I'm going to be set for life. Um, how do you go about finding those people? I would say that, um, I always say this, like people don't want to help people who aren't helping themselves. And so I guarantee you that God would have never approached us if we weren't like writing our own music already, trying to get it produced. Mm -hmm. And we had done that prayer breakfast and that's how we booked this other show. Someone was like, oh, come sing at our teen night. And, and so people who have the ability to give you mentorship or give you an internship, they want to see that you're already trying to make it happen on your own. Are you taking the steps that you can? Mm -hmm. And so like, use what you have. I mean, I was a kid. I had, yeah. I had a work permit through my school. I was homeschooled. And I literally, the day I turned 15, I got out the phone book. Okay. Dating myself a little bit. I'm 31 <laughs> now, but I got out the phone book and called every single place I could until somebody said they would hire me. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting a job the very next day. Like, and was able to start making money. And like, I just, when even Candace and I, when we were kids, when we were eight, we used to, uh, we would scrape up all the change in the house. We put our money together and buy a box of candy. And after church, we would sell suckers. And pretty soon we were, had like a whole snack table and we were making money because we just like, we knew that we could do what we, if we would just do what we could, mm -hmm. we could make something happen and make things move. And so, People always say, well, I don't have money or I don't have a person to help me. Like you have to do what you can mm -hmm. to help yourself. And someone's going to come along and be like, wow, that's that person has it or that person has what it takes. And I want to help them. And when even now I mentor a lot of people now, what I'm looking for is somebody who has something like you're not waiting for a handout, you know, because mm -hmm. I have time to give, but I need to know that I'm giving to good ground. I need to know that I'm giving to someone that's not just going to take what I'm giving and not make it grow. And I need to know that you have the ability to, to, um, be fruitful, you know, like make what I'm giving you bigger and better and take it and run with it. And so I know that that's, that's one way. Um, and then also just like ask, you know, like reach out and put the word out and ask a hundred people, you know, like don't just ask one person and get a no and be like, well, I tried. Yeah, I'm done. You know, like, <laughs> take those no's and use them as fuel to find your yes. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, continue to reach out and somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna admire that about you and be like, you know what, that's, I'm going to help you because you won't take no for an answer. So mm. sorry, I give such long answers. No, I love that. I mean, when you were speaking, you just reminded me of, you know, the parable where it talks about um, the servant who's given the one talent and goes and buries it. Whereas the that was coming to my mind too. And I was just like, that's so good because it's biblical. like the, the, the one with five talents and the one with 10, the one with five could have very easily been like, oh, I've only got five. That person's got 10. I'm just going to bury it too. But he's still went out. Oh, she, she's the one out. Let's go, she. She's the okay. one out. So, yeah, no, I love that. I, I completely, yeah, that's so practical. And I think even just people that are listening to this that aren't artists can take that on in whatever. In whatever, yeah, scene you're in. So I'm excited for this next question because it's basically why we do CHH. But as a woman who, like you were saying, you are kind of known a lot in the CHH uh, Christian hip hop space, as well mm -hmm. as some of the like pop, related kind of stuff you've done because I was going through the like years of albums and it's like well V has really done it all um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um yeah what's it like being in 
certain spaces that are very male dominated and hearing stuff like oh she raps good for a girl and stuff like that like what's that like yeah I don't really get offended by stuff like that I guess because I grew up with boys it's funny because I always tell this story when I first put my first album out with flame it was like my first industry album professionally produced and put out and all that and um I remember I was getting a lot of tweets from guys that would say like, man, I don't care what anybody says. I love B-Rose music's album and I love her music. And I'm like, <laughs> why did they keep saying, I don't care what anybody says? Like a backwards compliment. <laughs> I promise I did not even get it. And like my album cover is bright pink. That first album, it just like did not occur to me at all because I just, I never looked at myself like, well, I'm just a female artist, you know? Mm -hmm. And women don't do that. We don't look at ourselves like, well, I'm just a woman, you know, that's something that I feel like people project onto us, but I've never looked at myself that way. Like, well, I'm just a woman in a mill. Like, I just feel like I'm one of the people in this industry, you know? And so I view myself that way. Like I'm equal to you and you're equal to me. I don't look at you like, yeah, you're good for a male rapper. You're good for a male MC. Like imagine me saying that, that would feel so weird. And so I just never had that, um, I never had that stigma. And like, I also experienced men come along and really help me. So, so flame signed me and was, you know, literally changed my life, just putting me on surrender. And all of a sudden, like so many people were like, who is V Rose? You know? And I was just from this small town, Sacramento. Um, so, you know, I experienced a lot of help in that, in that way. Um, it is a male dominated industry, but I know that as like women, as we begin to just continue to like remind ourselves, like we don't have to carry that. I'm just a female artist thing. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't have to own that. I don't have to take that. I don't have to mention that. I don't have to even think about that. Like you see that starting to happen and women are like really stepping up. Like you see Wanda just coming out and like working so much, so hard and just like putting out content and just like living your best life. You know, like I'm not worried about what people may think or say, mm -hmm. I'm just being me. I'm just being who God called me to be and just doing that. Um, and like, that's literally what my mindset has always been. And so I just always was like, well, eventually I saw it change from, I don't care what anybody says, you know, cause coming out as a new artist is hard. You get a lot of people who will hate on you because that maybe they're intimidated or maybe they they don't respect you yet because you haven't you don't have any uh you don't have any weight under your belt you know whatever and like then as i started to release more and more albums i really started to see the respect change and people stopped saying stuff like that and it sucks that it's like that way but it is what it is you can't let it stop you you know you just have to keep going yeah so <laughs> you mentioned one day um and you guys have this song um which I'm, is on fourth i think it's on fourth yeah. yes, it's on fourth, it's on fourth. Um, yes. which came out last year and it's pretty sad and one of my favorite things about the song is just that it's so brutally true it's just like like life is beyond okay you look cute okay you've got followers yeah. on instagram um and yeah. i love how like honest it is how what's kind of your like process of writing songs that you know, like you were saying, that come from your life, that you know can be very true and hard-hitting for the audience? Yeah. I literally write what's in my heart. 
And so like stuff that I struggle with, stuff that I notice about myself, mm-hmm. um, like I used to be that girl that was like, I couldn't go to the store without doing my makeup or I, you know, like I would just hide myself. And I, I've written songs about, you know, hiding under my hoodie and just feeling like I need to internalize or shy away when I don't have the face I want to present to the world on. Mm -hmm. And I had to break myself of that and learn like true beauty is like becoming a person that is kind and loving and exemplifies Christ. And it it doesn't have anything to do with the part of me that's dying because this part of me is dying, Mm -hmm. but this part of me will live on the, the soul in me. And so that's the part I began to really look at and, I began to, I literally laid out a list of the things I think were my biggest character flaws. And um, I started to pray and ask God to help me change those things and show me how I was making those errors and how like to overcome them. And really by reading scripture and like replacing the things that I was telling myself or other people were telling me with what the scripture says, was how I was able to change my character and become the woman I knew I wanted to be and the woman that God created me to be. Sorry, I know we're talking about process, but for that's my process. It's literally like, this is what I'm learning. I don't have anything else to give you guys. You know, when I sit down and try to write a song about something I haven't experienced, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel right. You know, it's the, it's the phrase real recognize real, like, when people listen to my music, I think the reason they like it and relate to it is because they know I'm being honest and like they can tell that this is something I'm walking out to and I'm living to, you know, I'm just like you, but I just happen to sing. And so this is the way that I um, put my art out in the world through my music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but I generally like to write two music. So I always come up with a chord progression first if I'm writing on my acoustic or um, like find a track or work with the producer. And then the other thing I do is um, I kind of listen for the music to tell me the vibe because Mm. obviously music has a vibe. Sometimes it's like pop rock and it's really fun. And obviously you're going to write a song about having fun or something that's exciting. And then sometimes it's like a chill vibe. It's Mm. lo-fi, it's hip hop. And you want to write a song that kind of fits that. And so I generally find music that goes along with what I'm feeling today. How am I feeling today? What do I want to write about? Well, I'm not in this happy, exciting pop mood. I'm in this chill mood or I have this really serious, you know, I just broke up with someone or whatever. And I want to write about that. I want to talk about that. And so I find music to fit the vibe that I'm feeling. And then I write to that. And I just, you know, I, I rely a lot on the Holy Spirit and just asking every time I get stuck, I'm like, God, what? I need help. <laughs> help me articulate what I'm feeling, you know, and um, mm-hmm. he always does. And yeah, so my process goes from I always write my choruses first so that I can basically know, like, what is this song going to be about so that I can write supporting verses that make mm-hmm. sense with the chorus. And um, I teach songwriting now, too, so I don't want to go Ooh. too in depth. But yeah, amazing. Well, I'm guessing people can get in touch with you to kind of book you on that and like yes listening can find your details and get in touch with you yes and I'm um putting together a master class for that and so I'm getting ready to be able to put that out for everyone anyone who wants the information yeah amazing amazing I mean you touched on something that I'm gonna run with which is about um depending on like feelings and what kind of um links well with the type of sound of the song 
Um, is this is this kind of why like all the different Revo's albums are like very different? Because I love that you touch on so many genres and you can't necessarily say she's just a singer or she's just a because I know sorry I'm like this question is very like multifaceted but okay. um, a lot of the songs that I first heard you on um you were the singing voice that came in at the chorus and then I went I was like okay who's this you know I'm always looking for new female artists and I went through and it was like oh she's got an album with this kind of sound and then she's got this and she's got this single and then she's got this um so what, what is it that you love about experimenting with sounds? Well, the albums that I have, we're talking about a span of 10 years, 12 years here. Mm-hmm. And so from my first album, like that came out in 2011, but I had been working on that album for years before that. So in my adolescence, you know, I say adolescence at, at 18 and 19. Now looking back at how young I really was and what I didn't really know, even about myself, about God, about life. And so I wrote songs about where I was and so you get to when you go back and listen to my discography you literally get to grow with me Mm. in my theology and my understanding of God and my understanding of forgiveness and I write songs about forgiving myself forgiving other people for um like crying messing up like you know the trauma that happened in my childhood or you know with my brothers and stuff like that and so I really just I think my like diverse style comes from my background for sure. Mm. So I grew up in church listening to gospel music. Like it was my favorite. It was all we listened to. I didn't even know there were other genres for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I discovered R and B, I was like, Oh, this makes so much sense. Like <laughs> this makes so much sense to me. Um, and so then like my brothers were really into Michael Jackson and hip hop and like, Tupac and Biggie and my older brothers are like seven, eight years older than me. And so I was always like, you know, admiring what they were doing mm-hmm. and they rap too and stuff. So I learned cadences and stuff from them. Then I would go visit my dad because my parents got divorced when I was six. So when I go visit to my dad, he would listen to like country, but then he'd also listen to like Stevie Wonder and like Marvin Gaye and, and Nat King Cole and Ella Fitzgerald. And so I got such a diverse Mm. set of music like a set around me as a kid um and so it wasn't until I was like 15 or 16 that I even started to explore like what what do I like you know and so I made an album it's actually not you can't buy it but you can find it on YouTube somebody keeps putting it up and I don't mind (laughs) um but it's called as herself and I recommend that artists do this if you're a young artist you're starting out and you want to kind of find out like what your style is, do an album and just try different styles. And so the album is very eclectic because I'm doing gospel, I'm doing some pop, I did a little bit of rap even then. And just trying to find like, what do I like and what do, what what is received well also? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I made this promise to myself that um, I was going to stay true to myself and do what felt natural. And so I used to say, and if you could probably go back and find a lot of my interviews where I say, I'm not a rapper, I don't rap, even though I would write rap for other people, I just didn't feel like it was me yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when I stepped into like a place where I was starting to write and I felt like, man, this is good. And so, because I like this, because I feel like this is me being true to myself, I'm going to put this out. And so that's when I started putting even more rap stuff on my music because I didn't feel like I was being someone else, you know? Yeah. And I just wanted to make sure I'm being true to myself. So if it feels natural, I'm going to do it. 
you know, if it, if it sounds good to me and it sounds right, I'm going to put it out there. So I'm very eclectic. I still like pop. Um, I do like the hip hop, but I love R&B right now. I'm writing a lot of R&B Christian stuff and, you know, that's just what I like to listen to right now. And so it's, you know, but I want to offer what I have to offer to the world too. You know, like I want to offer my Christian worldview. I want to offer how I would handle a breakup versus how Kaylani might handle a breakup mm-hmm. or how her might handle a breakup. Yeah. Like for me, it might be different just because of my values and my beliefs. And I just want to make sure I can add to the conversation too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now with it, but I have changed and I probably will continue to change. You know, I always, I have a desire to do worship music and do a worship EP and album later in life. And I'll get, I'll definitely get there too. And so I don't know. I don't know how this happened to me, but it works. I, I'm happy with my music so far. So, And I love that you already have like, okay, so this is coming up at some point and like you kind of have goals, the things you want to hit, which I think is, is really cool. Because when you've been in the industry for as long as you have been, you could be like, okay, been there, done that. Okay, what next? Yeah. So just being able to yeah. do something else is pretty cool as well. We talked about getting signed um, by Flame at some point and starting to do a bit more rap music. Um, then you became independent around 2018. Um, mm-hmm. What has it been like kind of transitioning from being a signed artist, being an um, unsigned artist, doing your own thing? Um, you know, you can kind of do both sides. What do you think better or worked well for you? Yeah, so I actually worked with three different labels for 15 years. So from when I was 15, well, almost 15 years, when I was 15 to like 28, 29. I would say it helped me so much. Like I'm not one of those artists that's anti-label. I think that you need to know if you need a label. And also I'm, I'm a huge advocate for like educating artists because I know from my experience, there's so much that artists don't know. They just know I need to get a record deal, but they don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always explain a record label is just an investor with connections. And so if you have some, if you have money or, you know, somebody who has money, you don't need a record label. You know, if you can find somebody to invest in you, you don't necessarily need that. Um, But like I did need that. And so, I, I was giving a, you give a big portion of your royalties to a record label mm-hmm. because they're doing so much for you. And so it is a trade-off, but you need to understand that it's worth it or if it's worth it before you sign a deal. Like all deals are not created equal. So, um, but I was just, I always went in like asking God to give me peace, you know, because I had a relationship with God since I was a little, little girl. And I've always talked to God and I've always just like known when I was supposed to be doing something or not just by my spirit. Like, do I feel peace about this or do I feel like I'm just being anxious and I just want this? And so I learned to tell the difference between those feelings really early. And so the labels that I worked with, I just felt peace. They were people that I could tell really cared about me and cared about my well-being. And they didn't just look at me and see dollar signs and want to just exploit me or, you know, change what God had already created me to be. Cause that's another thing. And I, I did have to fight against that a little bit, um, against being made into like a Taylor Swift, just because I'm white, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be her. She is her. Yeah. And I know that you see that as something that works, but like, I don't, I never wanted that stuff. When I started writing music in my room, when I was a little girl, I wasn't thinking about being famous and being, mm. you know, like, 
I couldn't have imagined the things I was going to do. But I just loved the music. I loved what happens to me when I'm able to pour out Mm -hmm. what's in my heart into a way that is pleasing for people to hear and listen to. And so that's what I always thought about. And so when that stuff kind of started to happen, I, I really fought against it. And I would, you know, I was told my music was too cool for Christian radio and that I needed to try to, you know, even it out, water it down a little bit. And I just, I remember literally like wanting to roll my eyes and having to just be like, I can't do that, you know? And I know so many artists can relate to that. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, you might run into that stuff with labels, but just know what you want and who you are. And then they they definitely helped me so much. I'm so grateful for all the labels that worked with me and signed me and gave me a chance. Now, when I went indie, I was terrified. I, I had worked with a, a team for so long, um, even though I have all the skills to do this by myself. And I knew that, but I knew God was calling me to take a break from from depending on a label and just go indie. And I had labels approaching me. As soon as people started finding out I was independent, oh, you better believe it. People were like, V-Rose, 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 just fly, we'll fly you out, just hear what we have to say. <laughs> and I even agreed to a flight once and then I called them back and said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to come. You know, like I need to be obedient to yeah. God and take this time and be independent. And so I, um, so I bought my own studio gear and I, I had been engineering for years. And so I, I always edited my own vocals on my albums. And so I knew how to do that stuff. And so, yeah, I just started to like manage myself and run my own business. And I was like really scared, but I trusted God. And I just literally can even look back over the past few years and just see how like God showed me the ropes, you know, and sent people to help me. I mean, it was just amazing. Like just because of my obedience, like God had sent people into my life to really, Hey, do you know about this? Hey, you should be doing this. Oh, well, I know you're indie now, you know, and just kind of giving me game and giving me the, the advice that I needed to do this on my own. And for a while I felt like, I don't know how long this is going to be. Maybe this is just temporary. Maybe God's just testing me, you know? Um, but then I started to really rest in my trust for God in this place and like, just when I got comfortable, I feel like God was like, okay, next level. And so now I actually just started my own distribution label. Wow. I did not plan for this. I promise. Like I just like found like artists found me some Mm -hmm. artists that I'm working with. It was like, they grabbed me like something about them. It makes me think, is this what happened to the mentors that mentored me? Is this what they saw in me? because I can't help but want to help you. You know, I know that I'm supposed to help you in a way. And so it's caused me to create. So I actually just started Indie West Music Group. Indie West and Music Group. So the artist that I signed, it's just a distribution label, but I'm also helping develop and consult and kind of help steer them in the direction and give advice that they would need and also educate. You know, this is, you need to know what royalties are. You need to know what your publishing is. You need to, you know, all these things, you need to have your ducks in a row. And this is how you do it. And, you know, that kind of stuff I know is going to be helpful. So um, so the journey has been crazy. And it's just like, I'm just continuing to like, God is putting me in places I'm not even ready for. I'm not even comfortable. And like, that's how I know it's God. Because it's like, uncomfortable. Like, growth is uncomfortable. And so I'm 
every day I get up and I pray and I'm like, God, give me the strength, like, give me the resources and I trust you. And I know that even if I don't feel ready, that when I'm weak, you're strong. Like Mm -hmm. it's not by, I always say this, it's not by power. It's not by might, but by his spirit. It's not by my strength or my money or my resources. It's only by God's spirit. And that's how I'm going to do this. And that's how I'm going to walk this out. And that's how in like a year, I'll be able to look back and see all the little baby steps that I took just by like my faith to like, today's really hard, but I'm going to keep trying, you know? And I do, I cry all the time. And I'm, you know, I literally just like feel like giving up and like people text me that I'm mentoring and they're like, I just, I can't do this. And I'm like, I felt like that this morning too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like you're not alone. That feeling is normal. It is normal. Fear is something that is going to always be there to like make you realize that you need to push it out, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but it's going to be there. It's going to be waiting for you at the front door every day. And you have to decide whether you're going to be like, not today, or you're going to go back inside and and cower down. Mm -hmm. And so I just tell myself one day at a time, and that's all God asks us to do. You know, don't worry about tomorrow. Let's just focus on today. And so that's what, that's how independent it has been for me. Wow. Uh, but it, I just know I've grown so much as a singer, as a vocalist, um, just being indie, as a person, just, I, I have gained more of an appreciation for the people, even more of an appreciation for the people that listen to my music, because I'm like, man, you guys are literally supporting me, like my life. Every time you stream my music, every time you listen, like, you're helping me. I don't have anyone else. You know, I get emotional because it's like, I literally need y'all to like wake up and stream, stream this stuff. Cause I'm putting my all into it. Like I'm, I'm investing like 80% of my income just so I can put this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a big deal. So that's why I'm always like tweeting fans or messaging them back and just letting them know like, Hey, I love you just as much as you love me. You know? You mean so much, so that's amazing. And even just to hear that this you're starting this distribution label, like, because my yeah. next question was going to be about the fact that you do graphic design and you're an illustrator and you do a lot of cover art. And I'm thinking, does this girl sleep? Because wow, <laughs> when did you kind of start doing that side of stuff as well? I mean, uh, being indie, you'd have to do a lot of more of the stuff that yeah. you had other people do. So I took like portrait drawing in college, which was like back in 2006. And so I learned like the basic fundamentals of drawing people's faces and stuff. But then when digital art started to become popular, I probably got on it before, before iPads or anything were doing it. I had like the digital pad that connects to your computer. And I was, I never would show my art to people. Um, cause I just didn't feel like I had that confidence yet. And I just wasn't ready for the criticism. Um, if it wasn't good, you know? And so for a long time, I just would do stuff just for me. And I just found joy in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I was like, well, I can just do my own covers and my own art. And then if people don't like it, as long as I like it, you know, I'm not offending anyone, you know? And so I, um, as I started to do my own covers and single covers and draw them, I was like, man, I think I'm good at this. You know, like I, I just had to build that confidence. And so this year I decided, like, I really want to um, simultaneously pursue a career as an illustrator because of how much I, I love it just as much as I do music. And it's just so fun to me. And so I got into animation and stuff like that. Um, Everything that I know is self-taught. 
like wow. everything. And so like, I am like a huge advocate for YouTube university. Yeah. Yep. If you want to learn something, get on YouTube and find out how to learn it. And so that's just like, I have so many skills cause I have so many teachers now, <laughs> you know, YouTube is the place to go. So, um, I taught myself Photoshop and illustrator and mm -hmm. just came out of necessity. Really. I got tired of waiting for people like to edit a video for me, you know, I'd hire someone and we'd go to the beach and we shoot a little uh, excerpt about my song and what it means. And then I'd have to wait six months to get that video edited back. And I was like, you know what, I I'm going to learn how to do this. And it, it only takes an hour. You know what I mean? It only takes two hours. And so everything that I've learned just has come out of necessity, really. And like, let me see if I can do this. And somebody messaged me the other day. They're like, because people hit me all the time. V, you need to chill, bro. Like, <laughs> You are doing too much. You're making us look bad. But I'm like, I'm just, and somebody said, um, what can't you do? And I was like, I don't know yet. <laughs> I just keep trying stuff. You know? I just started um, learning how to produce my own stuff. And so I'm going to, I always say to myself, I know I can do this and I'm going to prove it to myself. And so I'll do like set a goal and make a project idea and say, mm -hmm. like, if it fails, at least I tried. If it's not good, at least I know yeah. that's just not for me, you know, but like every time I try and I put my heart into it, it works out for me. So that's like been my life mantra in a way. Like, I, I don't know. I'm a learner. That's my biggest skill is I'm a learner. I can learn things. You teach me something. I promise you I can learn it. You know, I can just figure it out. Oh, so. that's really cool. So have you been doing like, other people's cover art as well? Or are you, are you like doing it as like a business or work? I I. I have been doing it more so just like as favors for friends or like as just a way to give to people. Um, but I don't know that I will open it up to the public yet. People have been asking. Um, I just don't know if I'm ready for that because I do have a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do have a lot going on and it literally... <laughs> I work every single day, like of the week. And so, I mean, I do take a day and rest, but aside from that, like, um, I'm doing one of these millions of things on my list. So, um, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but maybe we'll see. That's <laughs> we'll very see. cool though. That is cool. I mean, we kind of noticed that when we were putting these questions together, when we went on your Instagram, because normally when uh, my EP and I are putting questions together for an interview, we'll like go through stalk Instagram, you know, that's like our go-to because you find some of the good stuff, especially when you go further down. Um, and then we're like, oh, V Rose's Instagram, there's 15 posts. And we're like, it's really not about the social media life. So I was kind of going to, we was like, yeah, we're going to have to ask her. Like, you're not one of those artists that like live on socials, live on Instagram, live on Twitter. Um, yeah. It's deliberate and, how have you been able to still connect with your like fans outside of that? Yeah, I um, <laughs> I used to be that way, and I realized that it was just consuming my life. And so, anytime I feel like, I just I will not let Instagram be an idol for me. And so, like, I just if I feel like pressure, like, oh, I need to post, I need to do this, like, I just literally ignore that stuff, and like, I just trust that God is gonna put my music in front of people, you know, I do post on my story probably every day on Instagram. So I'm, I'm still active on there. Um, but it's just like, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's like, okay, I have to map out my content for the week. That's mm -hmm. just, I would rather focus on doing things that I love and I just don't love social media in that way. 
Um, I do it because I do want to connect with people, but like, I don't want to force content. So it's just for me personally, that just drives me crazy having the thought of having to do that, you know? And, um, so I focus more on my personal life. And again, I'm like in my thirties now. So I went through that phase where it was like, Instagram was my life and had to have the coolest posts. And I definitely still study and keep up with that stuff. Cause it is interesting and in art to me, but I just, I like to have my own time. I'm very introverted. And so I spend a lot of time alone and just internalizing and living my life and doing what I love. And then I put my stuff out and people, People love it. People are still rocking with me. It's like the coolest thing. You know what I get a lot now, which is so crazy. Like they're like, V Rose, I used to listen to you in middle school and now I'm in college. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, how old are you? You know, like, but it's really cool. Like to have people that have, honestly, it's mind blowing. It's something I don't even know how to wrap my mind around. Like people that have like grown up with me and I don't even know you, but you know me, like, that's so cool. Like, people in Brazil wake up and listen to my music every day. Like I'm their favorite artist. And I'm like, that's so cool to me. Like it just blows my mind. It still does. So yeah, but social media is just not my thing. Well, it's anymore. amazing that you're still able to connect with fans even without the social stuff, because you know, some artists are dependent on, you know, speaking to people on there. But I mean, even when we were going through the social, people were saying stuff like, been rocking with you for years or V put this song out or that and I'm thinking how do you guys even like know this stuff if you haven't been speaking to her on like Twitter and Instagram so it is really cool that you have that connection with yeah you. now I do go on my Instagram I like to keep just a few posts um and so I'll switch them out I'll bring back stuff back from the archive all the time and then like I'll just I'll make new posts and then like a few months I'll take those posts down and replace them with new ones. So my fans do feel like they're tracking with me, even though you might feel like there's nothing really here, but they're with me every day. So they like, you know what I'm saying? So for them, they've been seeing the content and stuff. I just, I like to keep it a few posts. That's just my style, I guess. Talking about some of the songs on four, which was the last album. Um, yes. You did quite a few samples, which is really cool. So there's um, a, a sample, all kind of a play on um, an I Surrender. And yeah. also, one more other song, I Got You, there we go, with Eris, um, yeah. which I love. That's, I mean, Fourth is my favourite album of yours. Like, I absolutely love that album. Like, you know those albums that are unskippable songs? That's that one. Like, even the that intro. Was, <laughs> that's the best compliment, honestly, because I strive for that. I strive for that. I don't I don't do filler songs on my albums. I don't I can't do that. Yeah, so that's a, such a good album. Highly recommend anyone anyone who's listening to this who hasn't listened to Ford listen to Ford. Please check it out. I think that's a great intro into you as well as an artist because it is quite varied. There's quite a few collabs on there as well, which is really cool. Um yeah. I think what we wanted to kind of ask you is about that connection between kind of old gospel and traditional you grew up in the church till now, um, I was gonna say 2020, but that was 2019 technically, but you know, just bringing the yeah. kind of two time differences together. Um, yeah. Talk about that a bit. Yeah, so I love gospel music still to this day, we'll put it on and just sing it. And I feel like I learned a lot of my vocal style from it. Like the runs that I do are like, you know, you can tell when somebody grew up singing in church. Yeah. And so I feel like that's how I sound, um, but um 
I love, like, I always want to make music that me and my friends would get in the car and listen to, you know? And so I'm like, well, it would be so cool to like do the songs I love to sing over a beat that I would love to listen to. Mm. And so when I was making my album, I was like, man, I just started singing that to it. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And I noticed that it was in the public domain. So I was able to use it. And so that's kind of how that came about. But I have actually done that a bunch of times with a few other songs. And I think I will continue to do it. And that was the biggest song on the album. That and SOS were the biggest songs. Mm -hmm. And I know it's because anybody who grew up in church can relate to that song, like love that song, but also can relate to my struggle with wanting it to be to something that we can dance to or vibe to yeah. and kind of touch it that has a little bit of a groove to it. So that's kind of me just being true to myself. You know, I'm, I, I love gospel, but I also love R and B and I also love hip hop and I'm going to try to put these together and hopefully it works. And it did. Gonna, so, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you again for speaking um, with us as we get towards the, as we creep towards the end of the interview. Um, so to tell you the theme of series two of CHH is the gritty truth. And essentially, we're asking our um, people that we're speaking to about a gritty truth they've learned in their life. So it can be a personal, it can be about music, it can be about the industry, it could be about mm. being a woman or women's issues. Um, what is a gritty truth that God really taught you? And like, how did he teach you that truth? What keeps coming to mind is... So like when I was making... Actually, when I was making that fourth album, mm. I was really struggling with my faith and just like, can I do this? You know? And I talked a little bit about that. And there was a series um, that Pastor Mike Todd did called Planted Not Buried. Mm -hmm. And I remember just, I, I like to take church notes on uh, magazines. And so I'll find like a really cool, on, on like, like on, like, you know how magazines have like full photos and stuff. Yeah. They look really cool. And I'll rip those out and like take notes on it. And so it'll look like really cool on my wall. And oh, stuff. wow. You're really creative. <laughs> I know. I just can't. I can't help it. So I have all these magazine pictures with notes from that series. But Planted Not Buried, one of the most powerful things that God showed me about myself is like, and it, through that series, Pastor Mike was teaching like a seed in the ground looks the same as a grave and you decide whether you're going to lay there and die or you're going to allow God to be to water you by getting in his presence and getting in his word and grow out of that darkness and become something beautiful it wasn't just that analogy but he taught me um the actual practical steps to take in order to do that and so you have to hold yourself accountable to who you're hanging out with and hold yourself accountable to the things that you like, do you only love people when you're at church or what if they got your order wrong? Are you still rude to them? Do you return hate for hate, you know? And like, mm -hmm. I had to really look at the rawness of who I was. And so that's the gritty truth is like, we can project who we want to be to the world all we want, but you, God and you know who you really are inside. Mm -hmm. You really know if you're growing, you really know where you are, are exemplifying Christ or not when people know that you're a Christian or not, you know, not just when people know you're a Christian, but when they don't even know, mm. you know, do you still exemplify Christ? And that was like something I had to really ask myself, like, do I like, <laughs> what am I doing that is keeping me from growing? 
and being so brutally honest with myself and making that list that I made and being like, if I want to grow, I have to stop doing this. I have to stop hanging out with this person. I have to, I have to set an alarm and get up every day and read my Bible and be intentional about spending time in God's presence and switch out some of my Netflix episodes for some of these sermons. And you know what I'm saying? Begin to feed my spirit with something that's going to help me grow because you're not going to grow without water. Mm -hmm. A plant will not grow. It will die. And so it's like, for me, that was like the biggest thing I had to learn. It's not just going to happen. God's just not going to like, you know what I'm saying? Drop it on you because he wouldn't be a good father if he did it that way. That's not teaching you, you know, by spoiling you and just saying here, here, here but allowing me to learn through that hard experience, going through the valley, climbing up the mountaintop Mm -hmm. um, to really experience growing out of that grave and growing out of that dark place of fear or anxiety or depression and see, and really allowing myself to like do the hard things and come out of that and grow. And like, sometimes I sit back and I look and I, I'll just say this last thing. I remember, because one of my desires has always been to to know the Bible and to like really feel like I know what I'm talking about, you know, and really have a good understanding, which is, I mean, every Christian's desire. Like I want to have a good understanding. And I remember I was on tour with all these guys um, on the first Blackout Circuit tour and they're talking about scripture and they're going back to back to back. And I was like, these guys know their stuff. And I just felt so inadequate as a woman, like Man, and I was just literally just listening. And I remember taking that away and going, God, I don't want to just, you know, be a person who doesn't know the word and understand, like really dig deep. And I want to be one of those women that reads their Bible and that looks for extra resources and that, you know, is always ready, you know, to give a word and have a scripture and have an answer. And I can look back from those years to now and be like, Oh my gosh, Lord, you have honored that desire. Like I, I, I can see the growth physically in myself and my spirit. And so like it growth doesn't look like much from day to day, but consistency in that, like you will be able in even in a few months to look back and be like, Whoa, yeah, and see a difference in the way you treat people in the way that you even in the way you pray. I, I used to not pray for other people. Like, not really like, you know, keep them safe, Lord, on their way home. But like God even taught me to like, actually bring other people before him and pray for them. I learned things I didn't even know I needed to learn. You know, like the Holy Spirit is the ultimate teacher. He will yeah. teach you all yeah. the Bible says, and he really will. And I teach, I talk a lot about um, when I do lives and stuff, I always go into talking about the Bible and reading the Bible because it's something that I feel even like millennials, we don't know how to read the Bible and really people in general, it's not easy to read. It's not like a normal book where you can just read it front to back and it makes chronological sense because it's not in chronological order. Um, But I started to, the Holy Spirit told me, just start reading people. And so I would read the life of David and I would read the life of Saul and I would read Joseph and I would read Abraham and I would just read it like a book, like the book that it is. And instead of jumping around like what I need, I need a scripture today because I'm feeling anxious. I need a scripture today. That's great. But you need you need that and you need to study. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
yes, we need peace from the word of God, but then we also need the knowledge and we need to take the knowledge and apply it to our life so it can become wisdom. You know what I mean? So I learned so much um, just from that series on how to grow. So I recommend anybody going and checking it out. Um, Pastor Mike Todd, Planted Not Buried. Yes, relationship goals is amazing and we all need to learn about that. But that series changed my life. And that is what actually I wrote that album. And I said, I'm going to grow. I'm not going to give up and be afraid because I've never done this by myself before. I'm going to go forth. And that's why I called the album Fourth. And it was also my fourth album, which is spelled differently. We'll, we won't get into that. So that's the gritty truth for me is that I, I had to be honest with myself and say, if you want to grow, then you need to do it. You need to do these things. You can't just be like, God, I want to grow. Okay, well here's how you grow and it's not going to be easy. Yes. So the desire to but it's worth it. Yeah. But it's worth it. It is so worth it. Yeah. So it's the desire to grow, but then it's also the actions you're actually putting forward to grow, not just sitting there like, yeah. I'd love to grow God. It's cool to grow. And it's like, are you choosing to spend more time in prayer? Are you choosing more time? Right. Like, oh, you want to grow. Okay. Go back and love that person that wronged you. <laughs> right. Well, I do not want to do that. You know what I mean? But when you do it, like you, you increase your capacity mm -hmm. to understand God when you act like him. Every time you act like God, every time you give your best, you know, I teach kids a lot and I, at my shows, I love to give analogies and I talk about loving how to love someone else. And what do you think that means? And I, I say, you ever make a sandwich for, for someone or you know how you make a sandwich for yourself? You, you spread the mayonnaise all the way to the corner. You know, you perfectly put the meat and you, you rip off all the ugly part of the lettuce. Like, you know, I don't want to eat that, you know? And, and then when you make sandwiches for other people, you're like, I'm not thinking about that. But like loving someone like you love yourself is literally giving them the perfectly made sandwich, the best that you have, what you would give to yourself. And so, um, yeah, I've just learned, learned so much and I'm still learning. I'm still growing, you know, I'm still desiring that it I'll never outgrow God. Yeah. And so I'll always be striving to be more like him and I'll always be being tested in that. And, you know, growth is uncomfortable, but the more you grow, the stronger you'll be. And, and it, it is worth it. That's the one thing I want to make sure I said it. It's so worth it to grow out of that grave and that depression. You can, you can get out of that anxiety. You don't have to own any of that and stay in that I was listening I was just like yes yes soaking that in <laughs> I love that so much um and I think it's always a good thing to see and hear the people that you um aspire to or you listen to their music and are like wow they, they really they really know what they're talking about actually speaking about the process to getting to that point because you obviously yeah. weren't just like born and it was like oh yeah trust God is everything and I'm growing in God and it's great to hear the, the actual process is, is really really inspiring and just encourages people that we can get there too um yes. so i know you've kind of said you know you've got the distribution label you've got the multiple things you're doing but what is like the next thing could you like let us know are we are we can we expect new music or are you going to do something completely left that we're not even prepared for what's like the next thing for like the end of the year 2021 yes i have a few things i'm hopefully releasing before the end of the year um, and then early next year, I'll definitely be putting out new music then too. And I, I think I'll always put out music, you know, I feel like I don't, I can't say I know what God's plan is in the future, but I do know that like, I'm supposed to do what's in my heart. And so it's still in my heart. 
to make music. I literally enjoy it so much. I get up, I do it every day. Um, and so I will be continuing to release music for a long time, I feel. Especially since, like, even if I leave the industry side, I know that there are thousands and thousands of people that listen to my music. And so I'm doing it for them. You know, I'm doing it for... I get the messages. I get the DMs and the emails of how my music is impacting people. And so that inspires me to keep being honest and vulnerable. If this is how God has called me to give to the world, like it's hard, but like I'm going to do it. So I'm going to keep putting out music. I have artists. I just signed a, a boy group. There are R&B singers. They're uh, called Lundy. And so they're on my Instagram. You'll see them. I was like, I'm going to sign them. And I did. I just signed them. They have a song coming out October 30th called For Me. And I have a few young artists, two young girls um, separately. They're not a group. And I'm one of them I spoke about in another one um, signing them. And so I'm just being led by God on what to do. Um, But yeah, I have a lot. So I'm figuring it out one day at a time. That's so <laughs> exciting. So exciting. Just to hear and to see that you're actually able to do it all. Um, and again, you did say it's by God's grace because it would be scary yeah. if it wasn't by God's grace. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool. And thank you so much for speaking with us. And I hope that everyone that is listening to this is blessed just getting to hear your story and just to get to see a bit more of who Vero's is. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, make sure to leave a like rating wherever you're listening to this and to follow us on Instagram at shehhpodcast.